Are you ready to be a part of the Rebels for a Cause? The Courtney Turner Podcast presents Cause Fest, taking place on June 3rd and 4th at the Factories Liberty Hall in Franklin. Join Creative Artists Unite and fight for the arts and humanity. Cause Fest is an epic weekend of liberty-centered music, comedy, lectures, live podcasts, aerial acrobatics, and more. Visit rebelsforcause.com to learn more. Rebelsforcause.com. Let's honor art, humanity, and liberty for all. Welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. We are live at the Reawaken America Tour in Trump's Doral, Miami. And I am here today with Floyd Brown. He founded the Western Journal, and he also has a new book. It's called Counterpunch. How are you doing today? Great to be with you, Courtney. I'm doing fantastic. Whenever I get together with really great people, yeah. I have a really good day. Yeah, that's-, that's what I feel about today. Uh- I love it when I'm good with good people. Yes. Likewise. I think it's so important. We need more events like this. Well, so I have came to the very first one of these. Okay. And it was during Tulsa. the in Tulsa. And it and it was during the middle of COVID. Right. And it was actually Reopen called America. the Re Reopen Tour. Yes. And it was so weird because when you were traveling back then, the airport was kind of silent and there was you know, a few people on your plane, but it wasn't quite full. Right. And then you get to the hotel and they've got, you know, all kinds of barriers and masks and you feel like you're going into a hospital. And then we stroll into this auditorium of 5,000 screaming people. There's not a mask to be seen. We actually start touching one another. Whoa. We hugged. Oh, my goodness. And it was so healing. Yeah. It was healing because we were regaining our humanity. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've tried to come to as many of these as I can yeah. uh, because I love the people that I meet here. These are the people that were the first to kind of sneak out of their prisons. Yeah. Which is we were all in house arrest and and we tried to reclaim our lives. And it's it's just good. It's so to- crazy to hear you actually say those words. And that, uh, you say kind of half joking, but it was kind of true. No, it is true. Yeah. yeah. I know. And which is crazy in America. I know. But, they yeah. put us all on house arrest for two years. Said you can't leave your house. Yeah. Yeah. And if you come to the grocery store, you got to stand six feet apart. Unbelievable. It, it, it was. But. Yeah. I'm a rebellious person by yeah. nature. Yeah. So when somebody tells me, you know, line up, put a mask on, I say, who the heck are you? Exactly. <laughs> I, I relate. That's why our event's called Rebels with Rebels for a Cause. Yeah. Well. Because we're, we're rebels. Exactly. Right. Who would have thought that the people who just, you know. Trust by the way, their- I think your event is great. I hope everybody's coming to it. Rebels for a Cause. Yes. Is about artists yep. getting together to reclaim our culture. Yeah. And let me tell you what I've been doing and what I do in the book Counterpunch yeah. is I talk about how these false narratives that we've been living under for a few years are intended to make us feel powerless. Yeah. Okay. The elites want us to think 
things can't change. Things won't change. How dare you even want them to change, right? It's kind of like when they say you'll rent your house and you'll like it. Or you'll be in a you'll be in a fifteen minute city and you can't go out of that fifteen minutes. Right. No. We want to be free. Yeah. We're Americans. We have a freedom is our birthright. And so uh, I'm always for rebels. And and one of the most captured parts of our culture is is entertainment and arts, arts and entertainment. Yeah. And so I applaud and I am grateful for everything you're doing to free the arts. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so tell tell me a little bit about, let's start with the book, Counter, Counter Punch. Okay, so Counter Punch was written because I, and, and actually the, the preface starts in Tulsa. Okay. Okay, with this amazing event where, where we regained our humanity. And then uh, Clay Clark took us on what I call a marathon tour of America. We literally every month were in a different city and it was it was an unbelievable tour. Yeah. During that tour, I had people say to me over and over again, Floyd, what can I do? How can I make a difference? What can you know, uh, you know, you've got Western Journal, you can make a difference. But can I make a difference? And my answer was, yes, we can all make a difference. And so I wrote the book Counterpunch to empower people first to break those false narratives, which they are false, and then to explain to them they have power right where they live. They Mm -hmm. underestimate the power that they have in their neighborhood or in their town or in their county, and they can really make change. One of the stories I talk about in the book is a guy named Basil Fermanos. Okay. Basil uh, it has a handyman business. Okay. Okay. He's the guy you call up when your doorknob's not working right, right, or the light's hanging out of your ceiling and you need somebody to fix it, or the fan quit working, right? Right. That's what he does for, for, for his business. But Basil got really upset about mask mandates. And so he texted 50 of his friends. Right. I think a lot of them were his customers, actually. And he said, I want to get together for coffee and talk about how we can fight mask mandates. Well, he he, he thought, you know, I'm going to text 50 people. Maybe 10 will show up. Right. 250 people showed up at the coffee shop. Whoa. And from that, he built an organization that to this day is impacting his community. Wow. That's okay? incredible. And so, you know, Basil would say, I, I'm no one special. Well, none of us are anyone special, but we are Americans. And by that birthright, Basil and every one of us are special. You know, it's so funny when you say that. You say it's our birthright as Americans, right? So I think about our founding fathers coming here. They took major risks, right? Huge. They were seeking religious freedom, you know, all sorts of freedoms, right? right. Economic freedoms and uh, liberties. But it was a huge risk to do so. Even climbing on one of those leaking boats was a risk. Exactly. And what's really interesting is that there is actually a risk-taking gene. It's the RDR4 with the seventh allele. So I always say I feel like Americans are genetically bred to be like we are the 
higher percentage of risk-taking people. I think like just based on who our ancestors were. But what I think that when you're talking about like the the mass mandates and the house arrest, and I think part of this, one of the reasons that America is so under attack is because they're trying to literally breathe that out. Breathe, right. And oh, I think they've right. been successful. Well, and I actually, I actually think they may be trying to genetically engineer it out. I think so, with, too. With this genetic uh, jab that they have. Right. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I spoke earlier at the conference, and, yeah. and part of my message was there's two systems of government. One is called the nation and nation states, and the other is called globalism. Yeah. Okay? And the globalists want a global empire. You do. And we want our own little nation. Right. Okay. What's a nation have? It has a culture. It has a belief system or a religion and it has borders. Yeah. Okay. We're safe inside of our borders. You know, we, we love our country, but the elites, they want this global governance, global empire, because they're not happy with just running their country. They want to run all the countries. Yeah. Right. That's the way pride is. You know, hey, if I'm running this country, I want to run more countries. And so uh, we've had both through history. Yeah. The first world dictator was a guy named Nimrod. He's in the book of Genesis. Then we had the Egyptian empire, which at its time was a world empire, controlled the whole known world. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Assyrian and we had the uh, Babylonian and we had the uh, Greek and then finally the Roman empire. Yeah. Each one of these empires controlled the whole globe as they knew it. And there's something that happened every single time. And that is the top guy always declared himself God. Okay? Yeah. Nimrod, I'm God. Pharaoh, I'm God. Caesar, I'm God. Okay? They, they all call themselves God. Now... In our globalism, it may be AI that declares itself God. I think that's what they're looking for. Uh, it, you know, I don't know who else they have that they have slotted to be God. But I know that the one thing that stops them is America as a nation. As long as we're not part of the global empire, they can't do it. So we have to do everything to keep America together. Yeah. We love America. This is our country, man. I'm all in on America. Yeah. And that's what we got to fight for. Yeah. These people don't want America. No. They want globalism. They do. They're citizens of the world. You ask them, are you, you a citizen of America? Are you a citizen of the world? Oh, I'm a global citizen. Yeah. And, uh, and so I don't want any of it. I want to be an American. I, I'm with you for sure. At least with the people of America. Right. Yeah. The government might be a different conversation. So that's why I'm fighting globalism. I really think that's who we're fighting. It's not yeah. liberal. It's not. No, it's people who want power and global power. Right. And it's people who want to govern themselves and be left alone and control their own town. What do you think the chances are of preserving America, of fight fighting the globalists and their agenda? I think we're going to win. All right. I do. We're going to win because people are waking up. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, just like you have rebels for a cause. Rebels for There's a, cause. a whole lot of rebels and people are 
are uh, listening to podcasts. They're getting information places they haven't ever before. I tell people, read the Bible. Yep. It's amazing what the Bible will teach you. Do you know, it's so interesting you say that because some of the people who I've interviewed have said that, you know, they've been awake since they were like 10 years old. They were studying the New World Order. And I'm like, how does somebody study the New, New World Order when they're seven or 10? And that, that's what they said. They said they, they, were, they grew up reading the Bible. And the Bible teaches you this. Which Well, right. The Bible talks about the, yeah. it talks about the one world empire. Yep. And it's called Satan's system. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty clear. And especially if you read the last book, the book of Revelation, right. it all talks about the global, the final global empire. But uh, hopefully that happens long after I'm. Uh... Yeah. And let's, let's hope that that's no time near. Right. A lot of people talk about how end times might be near. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, it says in the Bible, nobody knows the date or the hour. And so when it happens, it'll happen. Right. I want to be ready. I, you know, I love Jesus, so I want to be ready every day uh, to, to, to meet him. And uh, I'm going to do my best to, to always be ready for him. But he also teaches me in the Bible that until he comes, it's my job to be his hands and feet and culture and to love the people around me and to do what I can to build up the culture around me. And I'm going to keep doing those things, too. And that's what I encourage people to do in the book, Counterpunch. And build up the culture. Build up the culture right where they are. And how do you? How would you tell? I, I think a lot of people feel like it's kind of to use a biblical analogy, David and Goliath, right? They feel very overwhelmed. So, what? but they're David and Goliath because they're thinking, "I've got to change Washington D.C." Right. That's the mindset they've got to change. No, I live in a little town called Anthem, Arizona. Yeah. I don't have to change the world. I just have to change Anthem, Arizona. And she starts thinking about that. Well, you know what? I can change Anthem. Mm -hmm. I can get together with my neighbors. I can get to know. You know, when I was growing up, we had the Rotary Club. We had the Lions yeah. Club. We had the Kiwanis Club. We had the PTA. And they were all building community. COVID killed all of that. And yeah. we've got to get back out there and start Little League again and start all of the community that we used to have and reclaim it. And we have to do it in every single town. And that's how we rebuild America. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. What made you start the Western Journal? Uh, so um, I uh, had, uh, I used to be a radio talk show host. Right. And uh, I had a job and one of my kids got sick and through a, a number of things, I started working out of my house. This is in 2007. And I don't know if you remember the 2008 financial crisis came yeah. and there weren't any jobs. Right. So I had to kind of, you know, create my own job. Uh -huh. And uh, so I started blogging and uh, Facebook had opened to the public in 2008. And my son said to me, hey, dad, why don't you go on this thing called Facebook and start posting your content from Western Journal. Yeah. So I did that, and it just kind of grew from there. Amazing. Pretty soon we found out we had, you know, millions of followers on Facebook, and and that was back before tech suppression and before Mark Zuckerberg, you know, said we're going to pick and choose what people think. Yeah. And we had we had great success on that platform. Our business grew, and uh, it was just a blessing from God. But, no, I, I started it because I couldn't find work. 
Amazing. <laughs> do you do you see a lot of parallels between that time and now? I mean, they're talking about potential. A lot of banks have collapsed. There's the CBDCs yes. that are being pushed. Uh, of course, people lost a lot of work when, you know, the lockdowns happened. Well, one of the things I talk about a lot in the book is what I call the wealth extraction machine. When I was young, there, the wealth disparity was much smaller. Sure. But um, a group of people have kind of purchased our government and they've had active policies that have made the middle class poorer and this uber wealthy richer. Yeah. And those policies are wrong. Uh, and I go into them in great detail in the book. But one of them is inflation. Yep. Because inflation hurts poor people, not rich people. Taxation it, without you know legislation. It, it, it's a, you are, yes. Did you get a degree in economics? I did not. I got a degree in philosophy. <laughs> okay, well, but the truth is, is, is uh, my degree was in economics and I was always taught, what is inflation? Nice. It's too much money chasing too few goods. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is, okay? That's and, a little disrupting to supply-demand balance, but... Right, but it's but it's it's taxation. Yeah. Because the no. government is the one who has all that extra money, and they're pocketing... And whatever it. they don't have, they print. Right, right. <laughs> and so it, it, so it helps them, yeah. but it hurts the middle class, who all of a sudden is paying six bucks for a carton of eggs. Right. That used to be three for a dollar. Right. And now, we're and at Easter, nine. sometimes you get them four for a dollar. I remember that. Yeah, that that seems like a very form. I have gray hair. <laughs> well, we should bring used, that back. I used to go to the, what they called the five and dime store. Yeah, yeah, right. They're great. Now you go to the dollar store. There's nothing that sells for a dollar. I know they're false advertising. Their name that's, is false advertising. That's what inflation does. Right. Right. So what are your thoughts on the, where we are right now with the financial system, with them pushing the CBDCs, well, um, the bank collapsing and being subsumed into these larger yeah. conglomerate institutions? That's their vision of America. I right. tell everybody, protect yourself, buy some silver and gold. Yeah. I was just in Texas where uh, Texas is talking about passing what they call transactional gold which will give people the ability to transact in Texas uh, in gold. And I think there's other states that will adopt that should it happen. So, Great. Um, you know, there's there's for every move that the, the, the globalists make, there's a counter move that we can make. Yes. And so I keep pushing all of those. Well, that's fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. We, yeah. we need it. So if you want to learn about them, yep. buy the book Counterpunch. Yes. I, I get, buy the book? It's at Amazon. It's at ChristianBook.com. It's anywhere you can buy books. Awesome. But um, uh, I'll give you my money back guarantee. If okay. you actually read the book and you don't think that it's helped you, then I will personally refund the okay. cost of the book. How's that? But guess what? When you call me to get your refund, I'm going to ask you questions to make sure you read it. Yeah, good. <laughs> So, so if nothing else, they'll they'll learn something. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I poured I poured my my life into it yeah. because I wanted to answer that question. What can what can I do? Yeah, and hopefully I got a good answer for people. But okay. Courtney, part of what I tell them is to do what you're doing. Okay, get out there, fight. Get out there, do a podcast. Right. Get out there, get to know people. Get out there and 
get off the seat and get into the game. Absolutely. I'm into that for sure. And where else can they find you? Uh, well, Western Journal. Yes. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Floyd Brown. Awesome. And then uh, uh, Counterpunch. So. Counterpunch. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. And thank you for everything you're doing. Well, Courtney, it's great to visit with you. You too. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.